G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. It's Neil with you on this Tuesday edition of 2020 and we're going to be talking pro-life issues through the rest of this hour. A very special guest and uh, always love to welcome this guest uh, to our studio, Teresa Martin from Cherish Life. Teresa, great to have you with us. Thank you very much, Neil. And today we are going to talk about creative ways that you can break the ice when it comes to talking about sensitive issues and pro-life issues like abortion. Uh, Sometimes they're not easy to talk about and they're are uh, people who might be willing to argue, but not always just have that gentle conversation. But I know, Teresa Martin, you are the master of gentle conversations when it comes to sensitive issues like this. So uh, now, and the other thing I just want to, to mention just in this introduction is that today you are launching a brand new T-shirt, which in itself is a conversation starter, an icebreaker. And on the T-shirt, it has the words, Google Abby Johnson. And my name's Johnson. No relation here. But uh, but welcome, uh, Teresa. Great to have you with us. Tell us about Google Abby Johnson. Thanks very much, Neil. Well, Google Abby Johnson, I'm sure half your listeners out there are actually um, madly Googling away to see who she is as we speak, which I hope is what they're doing. But basically, Abby Johnson was a lady who went to college and um, got involved in escorting women into the abortion mills in America. And then she progressed to working there. And she herself has had two abortions. One day she was called in to help out doing an ultrasound. And it was at that moment, as they were doing the ultrasound prior to the abortion, she suddenly realised it was a baby that was being aborted. Um, seems funny to think she could have not realised that prior to that. <clears throat> she then went um, through... a big tumultuous time with what would she do now if she wasn't going to work in this industry anymore because once you recognise it's a baby that you're killing, you need to remove yourself from there. And so she approached the pro-life group who had been praying peacefully outside and through time she has not only become a pro-life speaker but she started a ministry to get abortion workers out of the abortion industry. Now, I've got to say that uh, if you are Googling Abby Johnson, you can do that. You could also go to vision.org.au and there's a banner there that actually has a short YouTube interview, which is Abby Johnson explaining what happened in that tumultuous time of recognising that what was there inside that mother's womb was in fact a little beautiful baby. Now, this is something, isn't it, Teresa, that a lot of women, it's like the penny drops. It's like there's a realisation that that there is something more than just a piece of uh, uh, matter in there. This is something you come across all the time, this realisation that this is something important that I need to do more about than just uh, gloss over it or think of that life as not being valuable. That's exactly right. We, as an organisation with Cherish Life Queensland, believe life has an intrinsic value. 
from conception right through to natural death. And so what we want to do by these T-shirts is starting people on the journey to look at these life issues seriously. Sometimes, um, you know, we've done all sorts of different things. We've had banners and we have rallies and we have lots of information we can put out. But I was outside one of the um, abortion mills praying recently in my own capacity, not in relation to Cherish Life, which was I'm part of the 40 Days of Prayer for Life campaign, which is taking part at the moment throughout Brisbane. And some workers were leaving the abortion mill and I just uh, said to them, you know, there's other places you could work. And um, they weren't terribly impressed with me saying that. So I just said, Google Abby Johnson. They maintained that they wouldn't, but I just repeated Google Abby Johnson and I hope it stuck in their head till they got home. And as I was standing there continuing to pray, it dawned on me that maybe that's part of the key to stopping abortion in Australia is to have a non-confrontational message, non-pro-life message, all it's telling you is to Google somebody. And we're hoping if they start to read her story, even if they're people who've had nothing to do with the abortion industry, as you read the story, you'll see other hyperlinks there and you might just keep clicking in and find yourself compelled and drawn in to all these life issues. It's a creative way of using social media, of using uh, interactive uh, media that you can get there on YouTube, and you can find out about Abby Johnson and you can hear her story. Now, uh, today we are actually inviting listeners to be participants in our conversation, and so you might have a creative way that you've been able to break the ice on this sort of conversational topic, talking about abortion or any other pro-life issue. And we're interested to hear what you've got to say to contribute to our conversation today. And we're opening our talkback lines on 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876. Why don't you feel free to give us a call? In fact, for the first two callers, we've got one of these brand new, just-launched T-shirts with the words Google Abby Johnson. So maybe you are feeling courageous enough that you think you'd wear one of those T-shirts and that it might be a conversation starter in your community. 1-800-880-876. The first two callers uh, that uh, call through will get your details and we'll get one of those T-shirts in the mail. When it comes to these pro-life issues, uh, you have appeared in national uh, television programs uh, all over the place. You're writing all sorts of things all the time, Teresa. Uh, What sort of response are you getting? Is it a positive response? Do you feel like you're making ground? Or do you feel like there's a whole lot of overwhelming uh, secularism that tries to steal away this value for human life that you continually fight for? I think there's certainly been a big change in the last few years, particularly with the thought patterns of the younger people. They have seen their parents and grandparents live through the free love, sex, drugs and rock and roll of the 60s, and they actually don't want a part of it. Some of them have fallen into those traps. But what I found is particularly when you're talking one-on-one with people, you can change their hearts. Um, In fact, it's quite important that we do talk one-on-one because we're not going to change hearts in a mass conversion of people to the pro-life movement. You're going to do it with the person in the bus stop. You're going to do it with men in the service station. And I'm telling you now, each and every one of you listening can do something. It's as simple as getting some pro-life bookmarks. Go to the library, flip through those horrible um, books like Fifty Shades and put some of the pro-life bookmarks in there. 
all you've done is left behind your bookmark. Who can, you haven't done a crime. You haven't done anything illegal. It's a simple way to do it because it's the younger people perhaps and people who maybe are stepping away from where they should be in life that are reading that type of book. There are all sorts of creative ways that you can break the ice in this sort of conversation. Uh, but let's uh, come back to some very, very basic things before we move on in our conversation. Uh, the value that we have as human beings, we recognise that comes because we're created in the image of God. As a Christian believer, this is something that you can't just brush away and say, that doesn't matter to me, because being created in the image of God gives us some level of responsibility that sits upon our shoulders that says, you know what, I, I am my brother's keeper, I am my sister's keeper, I do need to be concerned about the welfare of people, and just uh, because uh, people uh, start to raise all sorts of uh, issues about the abortion uh, a topic uh, where uh, where there is a, a radical, uh, even feminist uh, approach to abortion that says those babies don't matter. It's only the mother that matters. Uh, there are some things there that we need to take stock of and be courageous about enough to be able to stand up for those little lives. Exactly. And the thing is, too, when you are confronted with somebody who might, if you do bring up the topic and they're a bit aggressive about it or upset or tell you to mind your own business, or they might say something along the lines of, you know, well, I've had an abortion and I'm all right. You can just say one simple question, um, statement and get your pens ready so you can write this down. You just respond back to them. That must have been a very difficult time for you. What that does, firstly, is deflate any aggression or anger in them, but it also helps them to feel that you're actually there with them in that emotion. You are not validating what they did, but you're validating how they felt. And whether, obviously, abortion is terribly wrong, but they did feel very traumatised on that day. And I think once we put a foot into their emotional camp, not the morality of it, because that's always wrong, but how they felt, they feel that they can then perhaps put down some of their burden in our camp. And I think that's very important because if they don't feel that you are empathetic to their feelings, not what they've done, but their feelings, they're not going to open up to you at all. They're not going to seek help. They're not going to start thinking that maybe what I did was wrong. And it's they need to recognise what they did was wrong before they can sort healing for themselves well, Teresa Martin is our guest. She's from Cherish Life. We're talking about some creative ways that you can break the ice on a conversation about sensitive topics like abortion. And we have talked about the launch today of a brand new T-shirt called uh, Google Abby Johnson. Now, Teresa, I just got to say, yeah, as you came into uh, UCB here today and through our uh, our reception area where we have wonderful, wonderful ladies who are part of our partnership services team. And anyone who ever contacts Vision Radio gets to talk to one of these wonderful ladies in our partnership services. And you said, uh, ladies, look at the back of my T-shirt. Uh, what does that want make you want to do? What was your response? I think three out of four said that instantly Google, except they're not on lunch break yet to do it. <laughs> so. Okay. They were busy in what they were doing, I must say. But, uh, but when it comes to Google Abby Johnson, this is, in your mind, one of the most creative things you can do because it doesn't say anything about 
I'm pro-life or I'm anti-abortion or those sorts of things. It actually just says, uh, here's something that whets your appetite uh, for something that you'll be quite curious about. The point of it being such a short, sharp message with nothing pro-life about it is if I'm walking down, and it's quite large print on the back of the shirt, It's if I'm walking down the street and someone's going past in the bus and they're bored, witless, sitting in the bus, that everyone's got the internet on their phone pretty much these days, so they just might Google. That's the point of it. It's actually not just to, in, in you know, if you're going to engage in conversation with somebody when they've seen it, but the bigger point is for all those people you are never going to get to talk to, Is the that's the point of it, going past in the bus, walking up the stairs in the office, you know, someone sees it, they're going to Google. That's what we're hoping for. And, of course, once they start looking at something about Abby Johnson, it'll it'll have a couple of effects. Say if somebody is working in the abortion industry and they Google Abby Johnson, they'll know there is a way out. They are not locked into working there forever because people who work in that industry, their self-esteem suffers because they know deep in their heart God's law is written there that they're not doing what they should be doing. Uh, the second thing is for people who are very ambivalent about the whole lot of issues may just start reading what truly does go on in the abortion industry and may start seeing abortion as something terribly wrong and they need to stand up against it. And for those who are already active and haven't heard of Abby Johnson, they might just happen to mention it to their friend and say, hey, listen, I saw this T-shirt today, end. So that's that's the point of it. Okay, so you'll be able to get a hold of a T-shirt mm-hmm. too from Cherish Life and I guess if people go to your website, they'll be able to order one. Is that the way it works? Uh, they, at the moment, we haven't got it set up onto the website yet, but they can just send us an email to info at cherishlife.org.au or call the office and I'll leave uh, the phone number up to Neil to give you in a moment um, and just basically state whether you like a polo or a T-shirt and um, which colour that you'd like because we can do them in any range of colours and the rough pricing is uh, $20 for the T-shirt and 25 for the polo. Okay, and we'll mention that too towards the end of our conversation today. We've also mentioned that bookmarks are a great way to be able to get a little bit of interest in the topics. Uh, you've got these little feet pins that you like to hand around, and uh, they're little gold pins. Here's one that you passed over to me, and when you hand those out, or if you see someone wearing these little feet, what does that mean? Basically, firstly, you know, they're obviously on our side of the um, the issues that they believe life has an intrinsic value. But more importantly, I try to wear them on pretty much everything I've got. They do go through the wash very well. They will not come off your clothing. Um, if I'm in a shop and someone comments on them, I always take them off and give it to them. And they're like, oh, no, really? And you say, yeah. And you say, the deal is, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. The deal is you must show them to at least 10 people. Okay, there you go. We're inviting your contribution to our conversation today. You might have a creative way that you could break the ice on a conversation to do with these important pro-life issues. And why don't you give us a call on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six, or maybe you can tell your story of how you've come through from being a person who was on the pro-choice or the pro-abortion side of the debate and how you crossed over the line to become pro-life. You are the champion, Theresa Martin, of the toilet door. Tell me about the toilet door. People will think I have a very strange fetish, but I I just find you have a captive audience in a toilet 
for at least three minutes. <laughs> and at some point, both males and females must sit. So you put a clear pocket folder on the back of the toilet door and in there you could put the Cherish Life newsletter. You could put a some pro-life article out of the paper. You could put just something funny. You can put whatever you like, something godly. But I like to use it as a way of furthering the issues to do with pro-life and um, then when someone comes around, you make sure you give them at least two cups of coffee because most of the time they'll have to use your amenities before they leave. You always let the workmen use your toilet um, because they are going to be exposed to something that they've never seen before. And I've had numerous plumbers and electricians come out and they'll go, wow, I really like that stuff on your toilet door. You know, they'll be in there for half an hour. And I tell them, no, just don't charge me for the time they took off while they're in there. <laughs> and you're not really trying to convince everybody on the spot uh, by sharing all the arguments. You're really looking for that little opportunity where you can share some things about this pro-life message because it's missing in so many people's lives. Absolutely. You're not there to badger them about it. In fact, I don't even make a comment once they've come back to do their job or, you know, for me there at the home or whether they're sitting to have a cup of coffee. It's God's problem, what he does in their hearts and minds with that information. Our job is to just expose them to it in a, in a format where they will perhaps have a minute of quiet time to just see and think about it for themselves. And it could be something as simple as just a little pro-life um, saying, a little expression like Albert Einstein said, there are two ways to look at life. One is as if nothing is a miracle. The other is as if everything is a miracle. Now, that's actually pro-life saying, really, um, because it's saying, well, life is a miracle. But you haven't said anything pro-life. You've just stuck an Albert Einstein comment on the back of your toilet door. Let's talk about uh, some of the serious sort of stuff that you can understand when you're talking about the abortion issue in particular because uh, scientifically there's no debate. Uh, life starts at conception. There is no debate about that. Where the grey area comes in is when that little life becomes a person. Now, that's a bit of a sort of a, a strange thing that you think, well, how can anyone get caught up in that? But uh, this is one of those things that obviously when you're talking to people about how they defend a right to life, a, uh, a pro-life position, they have to be able to answer that question. How do you answer mm. that? Well, I think first off, you, you with, with personhood, I usually go to the extreme end of it and make the comment that Peter Singer, who we um, exported out of Australia, but he's doing enough damage overseas, he's an ethicist and he maintains that up until two years of age, the child hasn't attained personhood because it isn't cognizant. So basically he feels that a parent can dispose of that child up to two years old. That is very scary, isn't it? Well, it's even worse than that. We've now had two Monash um, lecturers down there who came out and two ethicists from down there and said the same thing. So once we devalue life in the womb, there's no reason to value it through to its final conclusion with a natural death. Let's take a call from one of our listeners, Joan from uh, Cooma in New South Wales. Hello, Joan. Welcome to 2020. Hello. Wonderful to hear from you. Joan, what's your contrib contribution to our conversation today? Well, um, almost 50 years ago, I was pregnant and not married. I was going with a young fellow, but um, I was a churchgoer, but certainly not born again. Didn't know about Jesus till 20 years later. But I tried to have an abortion and 
even though my parents were against it, Mum came with me and we went to Sydney and walked around King's Cross for a whole day. But because it was illegal in those days, very underhand, and because, as I look back now, it was because my mum was with me, if anything had gone wrong... um, you know that wouldn't have they didn't they they kept saying no um and i tried all day went round various places and um i couldn't get an abortion so went back long and the short of it was went back and got married and um that baby that i was carrying has now um she's a beautiful mother herself and it was 20 years later that i was born again and it was only then that i could really see the difference, and so I have great compassion for people who try to sort of out of desperation or to please the partner, and um, and yeah, and then just after I was born again, my daughter also was, and her family is. So I'm very grateful to God that the laws just stopped me. So it wasn't any any um, thing good on my part, but yes, so that's my story. Well, I think Joan, there was something beautiful on your part. Your hope. Your heart was open to his grace. That's that is a most amazing story, and I'm sure every time you look at your beautiful daughter, your heart just swells with pride and courage. And you know, always know that we too do have great compassion for those girls yes. faced with that decision. We certainly don't stand in judgment. I realise that. Yeah. Also, also that. Um, also that. Mum said later. Mum wasn't a Christian, but. Um, she certainly believed in, you know, morals and didn't believe in abortion. But she said to me later, she said, I'm sure that last doctor, when he said, go and think about your options, she said, I'm sure he was a Christian man. So there you wow. go. That's beautiful. Yes. Good on you, Joan. And also because, because my daughter's a Christian, um, she knows it's, an, you know, it's, it's something that's out in the open and I've been able to share with her that, yes, I tried to, but God had other plans in mind for us both. Aren't we grateful that Jesus came for sinners? <laughs> That's it. Joan, do you find you. do you Joan, stay with us yep. for a moment. Do you find that you are often in this conversation? I mean, do you talk about this with your friends, either at um, church or your neighbours, or is it something you yes, do keep to yourself? I, yes. Um I'm an extrovert and I'm the Lord has just changed my life so much that yes, I'm full on for Jesus. And so whenever I can I say to people um, and maybe not necessarily in the younger generation, but certainly I share it with whoever, whether it's um, people my own age, just say that, you know, yes, I actually wrote a paper, uh, wrote a letter um, with my name supplied oh, probably 15 years ago and to that effect into the, into the um, local paper and when I lived in Crambian and, um, and right at the end I just said, look, I have great compassion, but... Murder is never justified, no matter no, no matter what we think. And my next door neighbour said, "Great letter, but murder's a bit a bit hard a word." Well, Joan, uh, just on that, it's true. Murder is actually a legal term, so um, it's preferable probably to use the word destroy or, yes. or kill. Well, but just on that, that I... Was, that was about 15, 20 years ago that I wrote yes. that. So. <laughs> it is good to tell your story, and I really want to encourage you to do that because you never know who you're talking to. They may have a daughter or they themselves may be pregnant, and they may think, wow, she did it. If she can do it, so can I. Yes. So, the other, and, and the last thing is that I do know... Um, Personally, I know a couple of people that have had abortions and years later they're still racked with guilt. And and the Lord, nothing's above the Lord. The Lord can, you know, remove that guilt from us. And I know, not personally with abortion, but 
yes, even the thought of me trying to. So I know people that have, you know, been really healed by Jesus' love, uh, the, the, the guilt that they have had abortions. But it's, yeah, so it's not always a quick fish because a quick fish fix because there's always ramifications, aren't there? Joan, I want to thank you for okay. taking part in 2020. Don't leave us for a moment. Uh, stay on the line. We'll get your address details because we want to send you uh, one of these new T-shirts that Teresa Martin has brought into us today, and uh, they've launched it at Cherish Life. It's called Google Abby Johnson. And so stay with us. We'll get your details in just a moment. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil Johnson with you on 2020. Teresa Martin from Cherish Life is our guest. We've been talking about creative ways that you can break the ice on this very sensitive topic of abortion because uh, sometimes, Teresa, people can get quite heated and you like to take all the heat out of the argument. Well, I think, like I said, if we, we step into their camp about it all and everyone has a point of pain and that's the thing I think we need to always look at when we're talking to them. It's a little bit like, and I'm certainly not calling them dogs, but I'm just going to use the scenario of if a dog has got a sore ear and you reach out to pat the dog, the dog will bite you. He isn't biting you because he hates you. He's biting you because he's in pain and you've accidentally hurt him. That's what it's like when we're, we're prodding that point of pain for them, even by our mere presence, uh, praying outside an abortion mill by perhaps having the rally we have in the city every year, the Rally for Life, which is held in February. It's usually around about the second or third Saturday in February near the Treasury Casino in Brisbane City. But everyone has a point of pain. I think we need to be very sensitive that when we're talking to them and they arc up at us, it isn't because they hate us. It's because they're hurting so bad they just want to lash out. And we need to keep that in mind. And you'll find the further you talk and if you use your quiet voice, uh, your calm voice, and exude love and compassion and care, they will see, even if they still maintain they disagree with you, they will see that your heart is genuine and that's what they need to know, that they can come back to you at a later point if they choose to take the conversation further. There is something special about pro-life groups, and uh, you'd include Cherish Life in this because this is my observation that I'm bringing, is that there is this love, there is this compassion, there is this caring attitude, whereas for most people who think about the argument of being either pro-choice, pro-abortion, or pro-life. It's like they're two sides and militantly defending their ground. Uh, on the pro-life side, there is always, and I notice this every time I'm talking to someone who's from a pro-life group, this love, this care, this compassion, this opportunity that uh, that there is to uh, refer people on to a compassionate and caring counsellor, someone to help with the situation because there's grief and there's hurt and there's pain. On this pro-life side, it's just a wonderful side. And I've noticed that when I've talked to pro-life people. Mm, that's right. In, in fact, um, you'll see that there's no amount of money is enough to get out of bed on a cold winter's morning to go and stand on a street corner <laughs> to pray about the abortion industry. Um, there's no amount of money to get people to get on a bus and travel down to Brisbane to come for the rally. You know, there are things people do because they're motivated by love. Love is the most powerful force in the world. People don't go to war on any issue or for their country out of hatred. They go to war, and I'm, I'm meaning not necessarily physical combat, but they do it for love 
of their people and love of their country. Teresa, when people turn up at a rally or at a particular prayer vigil outside a an abortion clinic, uh, there's a certain statement that's made and there are necessary statements that have to be made. But by and large, most of the conversations are going to come, as you mentioned earlier, one-on-one. So these icebreakers are really not just a little aside. These are the most important thing, aren't they? Absolutely. And I'll just tell you one very quick scenario I had to pop in to buy some petrol at a service station I hadn't been to before when I was going between two different schools and um, the fellow behind the counter was there on his own and I happened to make the statement, it's amazing God blesses us with rain when we don't do what we should be doing. And I knew quite well he wouldn't know what I meant. So you've got to always get them to ask the next question. So he said, oh, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, we destroy over 100,000 babies every year in Australia with abortion. And yet God still blesses us with rain for our country. And um, he said, I've had that experience and related how he had um, got himself involved in an abortion situation. And his words that he said next just really broke my heart. He said, never a day goes past when I don't think about my son, not my clump of cells, not the product of conception, my son. And that's a man. And yet men are told it's none of their business. The, um, I'll have cut it right down very short, but the bare bones of it is by coincidence ended up back there a couple of weeks later. And he said to me, you're that lady that came in a while ago, aren't you? And I said, yes. He said, would you talk to my lady who does our car detailing because she's thinking of having an abortion? And so the story went on from there. And that's a very long story there. But, you know, just by starting that conversation with him, and I, I'm careful, I only do it if there's just one person behind the counter. I don't do it if there's a whole bunch of staff or if there's people behind me because you never know what they're going to tell you and you need to give them an opportunity to open their heart to you. If there's people there, they won't do it and we never want to embarrass them or put them on the spot. But the flow and effect was this young girl then that I was able to have some interaction with. Now, when we talk about issues of unwanted pregnancy, and uh, this we could talk about for the next hour, but just when we talk about the peer pressure that comes uh, from the partner, Uh, and from the family uh, and uh, from the media, uh, there are a lot of pressures on an individual to make a decision which is about oftentimes uh, leaning towards pro-abortion. How do you encourage people that are in those moments and where there's whole families involved in this discussion to just sort of drown out all of the, the noise and actually make a decision that's right for the mother and the child? The thing is, it's for those young girls, they're never given a chance to think. It's like, quick, let's get this done before anyone knows, before people find out, before it's obvious. Instead of that girl being allowed to process firstly what's happened, what I've found a lot with the girls that I have helped they often don't need you to do much more than just be on their side. That's pretty much it. Just have a conversation with them. Just ring them every couple of weeks or send them a little note or whatever. For the parents, sadly, they, in all genuineness often, parents think they're helping their child, but they'll fracture forever that relationship between them and their daughter if they push her down an abortion path because in her heart, you're pushing her to kill your first grandchild. Well, let's tie some things together. Your website is www.cherishlife.org.au. That's C H E R I S H, 
cherishlife.org.au. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so please do jump on our Facebook page and like us. We're very likeable, so please do get on there and click and we welcome your comments on there as well. I think you're very likeable too, and we've been talking about your T-shirt called Google Abby Johnson. You mentioned you can get that by sending an email and making your order for that, and there'll be probably some more sophisticated ways that you can order your T-shirt very soon. That's great. Uh, Use bookmarks, use the little feet pins, and especially use that toilet door because it seems to work so fabulously well. Teresa Martin from Cherish Life, wonderful to have you in the studio, and uh, you make it so easy to talk about sensitive issues like pro-life and uh, abortion and those types of things. It's just wonderful. Thanks so much for being with us today, Teresa. Thank you very much, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.